Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George, and I'm joined by co-hosts Grant and Liam. Say hello. Hello. Hi there. Each episode, one of us will propose an album that we consider to be flawless and what that means to each of us. So how we define flawless is entirely up to us, and it seems to differ week to week. So enjoy. Now, tonight, today, whenever you are listening, this is my turn uh, to propose an album, and I am proposing the album by PJ Harvey, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Now, this album came out um, in October 2000, and it was recorded in my home country in the UK. Woo! George bring another English lady again. I am. Fancy that. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I've got a thing for British female, yeah, for British um, women who play guitar and sing and write and stuff like that, I guess. I always have done, always will. Hopefully we all will soon too. Yeah, well let's see if you consider this to be flawless too. It's very exciting. Mm. Now, uh, this was the fifth studio album by PJ Harvey. Um, had you guys heard PJ Harvey before? Liam? Uh, I had. Um, I knew of her from the singles on this album when they sort of hit, they came over to Australia. That was the first time that I'd heard of her. And then ever since then, I've known of her, but I've never really listen, listened to a full album. And I've, everyone always says, oh, these albums are really great and I should go and listen to them. And I always think, yeah, I really should. And then for some reason, it just doesn't happen. So this was the first time listening to an album and really concentrating on it. You're a slacker. I am a slacker. <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay, Grant, had you heard PJ Harvey before? Yes, I, I had. I stand to be corrected uh, on the Basketball Diaries. There's a song called Down by the Water. I think, and I forget what album that's off. It's the only song I heard, and I thought, jeez, that is great. Um, did I do anything with it? Not unlike Liam? No. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so I'm disappointed I didn't uh, take anything further, but that, that's, in, and in fact, it's on one of my, uh, that song is on my playlist on Apple Music uh, nice. to this day. So, I think um, that was the album before this one? Um, it was on Down before that. Down, okay, yeah, a couple I think of so, yeah. yeah. So this is the fifth. So the album before that um, was Is This Desire. So I, I don't think it was on that one. We'll, no. we'll clarify. Yeah. Sure. So it's all good. Uh, but yeah, so she started off in 92 with Dry. That was her first one as a solo artist. I moved on to Rid of Me in 93. And that's when I first heard some of her stuff and went, oh, that's a bit aggressive for me. And because <laughs> I was a child. Um, and then to bring you my love, I didn't really come up, but that was in 95 and I knew a little bit of it, but when Is This Desire in 98 came out, I fell absolutely in love. And it was partly thanks to the band Blur who introduced me to listening to PJ Harvey because I was a big fan of Blur and there was a documentary about them and they were at a festival where she was playing and they were like, we're all going to go and watch PJ Harvey. And I was like, well, if Blur are going to go and watch <laughs> PJ Harvey, I better listen to PJ yes. Harvey. 
And was she big by then or were they saying we're going to go and see her on some little side stage and only 20 people know about her and we're trying to make her a big deal? Um, there was still, I think she had a cult following already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think from the beginning she had a cult following and I, but I was too young to really understand or know anything about it at the time. Um, so it wasn't until I became more of an affected teenager that I really got into um, listening and going, yeah, this is this is how I feel. These yeah. are my feels. Mm. Yeah. This is a woman who's expressing herself in the way that a man would express himself, mm-hmm. and no one's stopping her. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. So that was pretty cool. So of the albums, um, I could pick so many that I would go. This is a beautiful record. This is so lovely. But the reason I picked this one is because it's the rawest kind of love, almost like a love album that I've that she did Mm -hmm. and had so much more autobiographical kind of songs in it or at least it seemed that way than some of the others and it kind of and it and it also had Tom York from Radiohead. Yes. So. Yes. It did have Tom York from Radiohead. It did have Tom York from Radiohead. Noted. Which Noted. Like, and I know Grant's a Radiohead fan. Big time. Liam, Radiohead fan. Yes, definitely. Yeah. George, and Radiohead fan. I think that song on this album is the one that broke through in Australia as well, that first okay. one, that single, um, Mess We're In. The Mess We're In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although I call it a single, but I don't think it was a single when I was looking up. It's like, no, there, it wasn't was there a, a video for it? Um, I'm not sure if there's a video. I didn't okay. look, but I know that that is um, that was a gateway drug to PJ Harvey for a yes. lot of people. Okay. Yes, interesting because because of the Tom York Once connection. Once Tom York's in, we're all in. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Have they worked again? Um, I they I think they've worked on various stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've collaborated. She's collaborated with so many people. So Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Josh mm-hmm. Holm, um, doing the Desert Sessions and has done like has collaborated with John Parrish and all sorts. So um, she's a serial musician, um, cool. and has no she's got no fear of getting involved with other really big name artists mm. and stuff. So. Yeah, because the mess we're in was uh, in the Triple J Hottest 100 in 2001. It came in number 23. Awesome. So the 23 oh. top song of the year, which is okay. once again why I'm really surprised that it wasn't a single. When nah. I looked that up today, I was like, no, nah, this is a r- another song for PJ. Yeah, so the singles were uh, Good Fortune, which mm-hmm. came out first, and then Place Called Home yep. and This Is Love. Those were the three singles from the record. So um, yeah, I didn't even hear them from necessarily. I don't remember hearing the singles. I think it was just more that I'd heard is this desire, and then I moved on to the next album. And you've got sure. to think in 2000, I was 15. So yeah. I was like, yeah, this is exactly how I feel. So yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. Mm. Oh. Cool. Okay. So you, you all know of her. Yes. Which is a yes. Good start. Yeah, which is good. Very good. And you have high, high things to say of her so far. So, um, yeah, uh, this album was produced by her so she's get very involved in the musicianship and the production of her albums but she also had um rob ellis who played a bunch of instruments and was one of the producers and mick harvey who is an australian he is an australian yes no relation to pj harvey mm. no so relation we were looking to this up yesterday is yeah was yeah, that I, was like, I was like, is that her brother? His dad, a cousin yeah. or something? No, no relation. So yeah, Mick Harvey, who is one of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and does a lot of work with Nick Cave and um, yeah, all those sorts of groups. Yes. Cool, okay. I think he's even done stuff with like placebo and all sorts of... Yeah. Very, mm-hmm. or, or maybe Rob Ellis had, I think that there was like a real uh, breadth of musicianship that yeah. the producers have worked on. So, which comes th- comes through on an album like this, which has got mm. lots of influences. Um, you need producers that can are multi instrumentalists themselves yeah. and know how to get the best out of a particular sound. So mm. That's pretty cool. It was really weird when we were looking up because then there's Rob Ellis who you mentioned, 
And then there's a guy called Warren Ellis who does a lot of work with Nick Cave and he's mm-hmm. one of the bad seeds and he's done Grinder Man and a few other things as well. And we were like, oh, well, they must be related. No. <laughs> so you've got two Harveys who are involved and yeah. not related and then you've got two Ellis's and the second Ellis isn't involved with PJ at all but also, once again, not related. It's just But pretty common names, I yeah. guess. Like, yeah. My maiden name was Harvey. Well, there you go. And Any relation? I, I, no, well, no relation, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I'd just I'd be like, it. can you imagine that? I'd be like, yeah, she's totes my cousin. Of course. Yeah. yeah. For sure. You have to be. That's fine. Um, Absolutely. English, well, English Harveys. How many could there be? <laughs> I mean, really. Um, I went to France to go and live briefly when I was a, a teenager. You know, when you're young and you think you can do stupid stuff. So I did that. I just like packed all my things in boxes and then just disappeared to Paris. And I got to this first um, hostel and I gave my passport over and they looked at my name and they were like, oh, Georgiana Harvey. Oh, PJ Harvey. Oh, excellent. PJ Harvey is here. And I was like, sure. Okay. Yeah. And I, I had brown hair then as well. Right. And, okay. I, and I was playing guitar and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. I'll absolutely sure. take it. Yeah. I'll be PJ Harvey for you. So it was it was really sweet. So it's really nice. So how long were you in Paris for? I ended up being there for a month. That's all I could afford. Um, sure. But okay. it was awesome. I was just living the dream. And all those friends that never visited me when I moved away from my hometown to 250 miles away suddenly visited me yeah, when I was Paris. living in Paris. <laughs> so my solo trip to Paris turned into me and like five friends or something from all from Brighton I was, and London. I was like, oh. Funny that. Nice. Yeah. But I made friends over there who on music forums online, I'm sure we've all been on music forums at some point in our lives and uh, made friends in advance, got there. They met me at the airport going, oh, you listen to hardcore music. You can come to this gig. And I went to go and see bands play on boats on La Seine. Nice. It was pretty awesome. Wow. It's what to do when you're 19. Sure. Anyway, so um, PJ, do you know what PJ stands for? No. Polygene. Yep. Thank you. Polygene Harvey, which okay. is adorable. It just sounds, yeah. <laughs> but it totally wouldn't have worked with her musical Correct. style. Polygene. Yeah. yeah, Polygene. PJ sounds very much more in keeping. Certainly. Uh, you said this was her first or her fifth solo album. Did she do, did she have a band? she done group albums yeah, before so that? Yeah, so she'd done group albums. She'd also done like collaborative stuff. Um, As a lead singer, people. was she the lead singer of the bands? Um, a mixture, I think, because she was okay. a guitarist. She was played saxophone in a band before. Saxophonist. And, yeah, so she's a, she's a very talented woman so mm. on this album she plays guitar bass keyboards piano djembe the drums uh maracas and an ebo which i had to investigate which is a way um it's this electronic like ma- uh, electromagnetic device which you put over your guitar to make it sound like a bow going over it mm. as a p- like you would another stringed instrument so it's pretty awesome because so. then rem have a song called ebo the letter Yes. Which is basically just the letter. They called it the letter and then they were trying to differentiate it. And so they were just like, well, we use an Ebo on the song. So we'll just call it Ebo the letter. Ah. As like a lead single off one is of their albums. Automatic for the people, I think. No, New or Adventures in Hi-Fi. So okay. the, one, the one after that. There we go. They get, see, we're learning so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. we're learning. Oh, well, there was also harpsichords and vibraphones and uh, harm, I think harmoniums and all sorts in this. So the list of instruments used in this album, mm. considering some of it's so sparse and really minimalist and beautiful, yeah. um, there is a lot of stuff. Like it sounds, a lot of time it sounds really straightforward. Like when you, if you're just listening to it or if it's done in the background or if it's just a casual listen, you can just go, oh yeah, it's just a drums, bass, guitar song. But if you actually sit down and pay attention to it, there's a lot more going on. Mm. Absolutely. And mm. they're all pitching in, playing different mm. things. So, um, so the album starts with a track called Big Exit. So for me, this is an awesome opener and it's uh, this album's all about her kind of living between 
the UK and the US but I'm like so much love in there and confusion and all sorts and it's just such a nice big um, kind of starter to an mm. album this is one with harpsichord on it so I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fan yeah. Um, but yeah it's got some like the lyrics that came in uh, during the chorus with That for mm. me, I was just like, yeah, that's a really nice way of saying you're, you've fallen for someone really hard. Whether, whether you're supposed to or not, you've fallen for them hard and this is how it feels. Mm. And I, that's a good lyric. And then really hitting that like that high falsetto when she does that. like It sounds like oh, yeah, she's singing at a normal level and then just the chorus kicks in and she's just like that next level of that vocal. Yeah. So this woman's got range. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, But yeah. her voice sounds different. So if we've talked about, say, Laura Marling before, and when she sings in a deeper register or in an upper register, you can still it's still very much a Laura Marling sound, whereas mm-hmm. PJ's got this kind of really rich, gritty, lower register, and then she can do these high-pitched Kate Bush, like, operatic sounds, yep. or she can do these wails and yelps and stuff, and it's she's got such a varied, like, timbre to mm. the voice. And she jumps between them really quickly. So it's not like, oh, you know, this is the song where I've got to put my voice into this mode and it's going to have to stay in that mode the whole time. Like it's just, yeah, she just jumps back and forth between all the different modes. Whatever she wants to hit, she's going to hit. Yeah. And I hope, I don't, we'll probably talk about seeing her live later, but yeah, I hope she can do that live because that would be, I think, just amazing to just see her just kick it up into another level. She can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she can. Um, the first couple of songs, actually, so Good Fortune as well, that's another one which is like a, this passionate kind of love song about someone and how they make you feel. And it's another big song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it's really, it's like a very bold way to start a record is to have these two kickoff songs just going, this is how I'm feeling right now. And this is, this is the emotional like benchmark we're hitting today on this album. And let's go with the flow. Yeah. What did you guys think of the opening? I wrote down here, I'm trying to do something no one else has done. And that's words from what, from during that chorus I, I, or, or during the song. And I really, I like, I like big, big Exit. I thought it was a great opening, to be honest. Um, having jotted those, I've enjoyed a lot of lyrics in my life. So <laughs> those ones resonated. Awesome. Yeah, just, I mean, the big trio to start is always something to be impressed by. Like you just, no, I'm going to put it all out there in the first three songs and in the end, the fourth song feels like a little bit of a come down after that because, like, you've hit those first three highlights really mm. quickly. But yeah, like the yeah, absolutely awesome start. Because place called home does slow down a little bit. Yeah, it's mm. a bit more driving, like yeah. the third track. Because um, that's when some of her harmonies really come in. So she does like multi-layer harmonies and she's talking and singing over herself, and that I was just so good. Like, as a musician, when I and I'm a guitarist for myself at that time I was trying to do all of the parts that she would do all at the same time and I'm like mm. she did this in a studio yeah <laughs> like she, and took, I'm just, she took a few turns sure. yeah, and yeah I'm just trying to I'm trying to do the high bit low bit high bit low bit and I'm like no, okay, I can't do that I need a I need a second person to help yeah. me. <laughs> sure. but I didn't know anyone like that was listening to PJ Harvey at the same time mm. at that time yeah because yep. she wasn't as accessible as mm. some of the other musicians that were, and other bands and stuff that people were listening to. So she, yeah, it was like hard to find school friends to listen to PJ sure. Harvey with. Mm. But so was she on the radio? She yeah, she was on the yeah. radio. But she was, she, so this album actually was in the charts, UK charts for 17 weeks. 
which is awesome. And yeah. it won the Mercury Music Prize, which is the big deal over there every mm. year. Um, and that's got music industry experts that rank different albums from emerging artists through to established artists. And she won that with this album. And now this record has been uh, ranked at number 431 in Rolling Stone's Greatest Albums of All Time out of their 500. So this particular album's on there and it's been noted as being one of her finest, like full, like the full album's been noted as yes. being one of the best. Mm. So it oh. was on, she was on the radio. Um, I do think having the, um, the Tom York influence probably helped yeah. with accessibility sure. for some as we discussed yeah. the gateway. Bring um, in the famous dude yeah, bring, yeah. bring <laughs> you just need a white guy yeah. to amplify the woman, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, it was she was on the radio, uh, but she probably wouldn't have been on as much as the Spice Girls were. Yeah, and sure. stuff like that. It was. It was Did she? And because she must have broken through a bit over in the US too, because she got two Grammy nominations out of this album as well. Yeah, because it only got to number forty three in the US. Yeah, but um, it was yeah. Again, she got she's been up for awards mm. in multiple. We, and you were saying that she was on the. So yeah, she's on the Triple J Hottest 100. Yeah, so I didn't have any. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of Australian awards that we give to other away overseas musicians. But um, look at you guys, just yeah. so greedy. Mm. No, no, because we've got too much music of our own to try and celebrate. But yeah, sure. there's like she was getting awards all over the place for, and not even just nominations as well. Mm. Yeah, which is, and I can see why because it is an album. It's some of her earlier stuff is a lot more aggressive and mm -hmm. she was saying that people would, would would fear that she it is an autobiographical song when she's like talking about like being almost like a burning witch and this that, and the other and it's like that's not who she is she's just a really good poet mm. and that's one of the things she does is she writes poetry as well as writing music and you can t sense that with the lyrics that she pulls together in her album so um with her yeah so with her poetry and with her lyrics before it was less accessible but i think with this one something must have i don't know changed in her because it it is a different sound to mm. is this desire which had a, a weirder softer more ethereal sound mm. um and then this one came out just going really bullshit like screw it mm. oh. and then the following one just seems like she's had just had the best affair of her life yeah. uh, like uh huh, huh it's like one of the yeah just just this album that starts with not giving a fuck at mm. all so um what's that album called uh huh huh right like uh huh huh so huh. yeah it's okay. um i i like those that trio of albums mm. for me is uh, one of my favorite trios of albums by any artist. Cool. You know, and you can just pick because she's done multiple, but like I can just pick those three out and go, yep, you can match all of the feelings that I need to have right now between these three records. Wow. It's so good. Cool. Yeah. So, uh huh, huh is an album to have an affair by. If you if just you're sure. into that sort if of you're thing. Into, yeah, if you're that yeah. way inclined. <laughs> yeah, if you're sure. that way inclined. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, uh, one line is the first time we actually is num track number four. That's the first time we start to hear Tom York in the background. Yes. His, okay. His I, I don't think I I don't think I heard him on that one. I heard him like his beautiful feeling was the one he the other one that he's on as well the backing mm -hmm. vocal. Yeah. yeah. So I think okay. I heard him on that, but I don't. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, he was on four as well, but I don't think I heard him on one line. So maybe it's just a lot softer. It is. Yeah. He's. But that's nice that he does not yeah. dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. But there's some beautiful lyrics on this one because it's soft and rich kind of like sounds. Watch the stars now moving across the sky. 
Um, but yeah, I just there's just certain parts of this that I just feel like I want to sing to my like my love. Yeah, like, there's so there's a lot of tracks in this album that I could definitely sing to your lover. It's mm. pretty mm. awesome. Um, what were the standout tracks for you guys? So the next one, beautiful feeling. Mm-hmm. This is I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but I love that I've been listening to music for like 20 years, and sometimes I still get hit by a track. It was probably I probably talked about it on Laura Marling that I just go, okay, now I'm like, this is the showstopper. This is the one that I just stop in my shoes and I have to listen to it. And I think I ended up listening to it like four times in a row just after that first time. It was just like, just so quiet, but like dark and deep. And you've got the Tom York, he's like that ethereal vocals in the background. There's probably none better than him for doing that sort of stuff. Of course. And yeah, so that was, and then, so I called, sort of called it, and this is when the horse hustle and the hustle's whore, which is yes. of course a very Nick Cave esque yeah, title sure, yeah. it's a good yeah. yeah um and then even this mess we're in so i sort of started thinking of those three as like the nick cave sort of trilogy like they're all sort of those songs that sound like they've come from a similar writing spaces as, as him so yeah so i really love that that triplet in the middle of those three you know they dated i do know nick they cave dated. and pj yeah i don't know that. and then he wrote songs about her post oh. their relationship so, the, so on the boatman's call album Yes. Which was like in 99, I think. They dated 97, 99. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then he wrote some songs about her for that cool. album. See, we're just learning so much today. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Um, it's like you try not to get bogged down in the personal lives of musicians. Like you don't want to be talking about that all the time. But then it's just that influence there around those people and it suddenly becomes part of their music as well. So it's not just, oh, yeah, I'm excited about it because this person's dating this person. It's like, no, no, it actually has a musical result that comes out of it. Absolutely. And we love the musical results that we can just be voyeurs. Yeah. Which is nice. I think he's got a song called like Black Haired Girl, hasn't he? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that was one of them. That was definitely one of the songs about okay. PJ. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the whore's hustle and the hustler's whore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Love that. <laughs> that's the love song. That's the song lyrics. you crank up to piss off your parents. Yes. <laughs> The yelps and cheesy kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't even pretend to do that right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's just so visceral mm. and so raw and beautiful. And yeah, I love that. I love that track because it, it comes in like halfway through the record, mm. just after halfway through the record, and it punches you in the face. Yeah. Which is nice. But and then what's really cool is that's when it then goes drops completely into yes. the me- this mess we're in. So this is where Tom York's leading in his vocals. So as a staunch Radiohead fan, how did you feel about it, Grant, when you heard this song? So, um, yeah, on the, on the backdrop of, of having heard one song from PJ Harvey before and starting this um, you know, virtually blind um, at work on Thursday or Friday, whenever it was, when I, when I got to the mess room, I was like, jeez, Tom York, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, these guys, these, and 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 I, you know, if I were to choose the, the probably the best, if I had to, um, the mess we're in, it would be my logical choice for for the best of. So ther- thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, this is love, I suppose towards towards the back as well. Really, really enjoy that. 
yeah, sit here. I want to sit here and watch you undress. I can't believe um, that the axis turns. There's some just some great lyrics um, in that one. Um, but uh, the mess, you're, this mess we're in was right up there with the best of them. That has the got some of the finest just poetic lyrics. Mm. The whole thing from start to finish could be written poetry, a spoken word. Sure. And the, and it's the only time I can really think of some very um, successful spoken lyrics over voice. That's sure. I love that part about it. It's just so amazing, like the layering, and you think. I think it's when they're talking, they're a bit behind. Like yeah. They, you, they've got to try and fit into the four bars, but they don't, and then they just let it flow over the vocals, and it's really cool. What were you wanting? What was it you wanted? I just want to say, just wanna say don't, ever change. don't ever change. now, baby. And thank you. And thank you. I don't think we will meet again. I don't think we will we meet must leave again. now. Before the sunrise is over the skyscraper, the city landscape comes into being. Sweat on my skin. This mess we're in. And it's so stripped back and ethereal. Like it must have been so tempting to go, I'm going to get Tom York to sing on a song. If I can find a hook, like a big guitar hook to go with it, you know, we're going to rank number one and we're going to knock the world down. It's like, no, no, I'm just going to do this like really stripped back quiet song which works for him obviously and just yeah just let the vocals do all their work and they kept their accents mm. which was really good so considering that uh, so many British artists will go and spend time in America and then they'll come back and they'll just suddenly be as Yankee Doodle as anything <laughs> uh, but I can hear her and she's like she's still Polly Jean from Dorset mm. like when she's speaking but it's just sultry and it's so good and it works and it works so well with the sound of Tom York singing mm. like it's like really special how their voices work together so mm. yeah that song I think is going to be a pretty much a standout for all of us sure because yeah. I know it was one of those songs that I used to put on repeat and repeat and repeat yeah um, when I was lit, first got the record I was like yeah I'm just having this on because it's, it's just so good so tell me have you seen PJ Harvey Love I have I am pleased to announce. Awesome. I have seen yes. PJ Harvey a couple of times at yep. festivals, which has been really good. And she can command her space. Okay. Um, so the first time I saw her, I was probably about 13. And uh, she was playing. And again, it was the whole blur connection thing. Sure. I was like, the, you know, they, they talked about going to see her at festivals. So I'm like, I'm going to see her to. at festivals. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, Obligated. Um, she was playing in the... Uh, late afternoon, early evening at this one of these massive festivals in uh, the UK. And she was wearing, I think, like a Rolling Stone style T-shirt and jeans. And she was, you know, she wasn't like dressed up all glam or she wasn't, you know, mm. like completely dr dr uh, dressed down or anything like that. She was just being exactly who she is. Uh, and she played and I was just like, I'm never going to be that. <laughs> just at the who, time now at, uh, no even now no it's, uh, even now it's oh, fine okay. um but yeah who she is and who she, how she is live is 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 um, is better than how she is on record really yeah because she's because you're encapsulated by this woman mm -hmm. and how she transforms your emotions throughout an entire set and the songs that she picks and how she pulls her set list together is amazing because mm. you, you go on a journey with her and you still get the songs that you want um, but you also get things that you don't expect and yeah it's 
it's um if you've ever seen like say nick cave or someone live as well mm. and they take you on that journey but they they really want to make you feel like crap at the end of it almost you know like really dr- drag you through the dirt um, but with pj harvey you've got this um yelps and highs and happy bounce and then you've got these really rich sultry songs and she's just phenomenal live a really excellent performer okay cool has she yeah. toured australia she would have i've never seen her um but yeah she would absolutely have toured australia i'm just not sure, sure. when or how recently okay. but i mean that the, that would be the beauty of seeing her now as well is that she's got such a vast back catalog that she can absolutely just pick the songs just pick and just mm-hmm still have enough of the big hits to satisfy the people who just came to see the hits, but for everyone else who knows the catalogue really well. Mm. And you would probably go and see her one time and then see her again later, and then it could be a completely different set list, but she could still take you on that journey. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've seen her many years apart as yeah. well, so, and each time I'm like, I, I can't tell you what she sang or how she sang it. I can just tell you how I felt. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's one of those, it's an experience more than a gig. Mm. Sure. Which is pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm and you saw them both. You saw her in the UK only, or in Europe? Just in okay. yeah, just in the UK. Okay. So because oh. that, that's where I saw most of my things, and then I moved to Australia and got no money, so I was just <laughs> couldn't go to gigs anymore. Yeah, it's sure. too expensive over here. It yeah. is expensive. Yeah. Gigs are too ex- too expensive, so never mind. Um, but yeah, you talked about uh, Grant. You liked This Is Love. Yes. Yeah, that's because that was her I third did. single. Really? Um, okay, good. Of this one, so sure. this is. Uh, again, un- unashamedly, like she can say exactly what mm. she feels, and it's so empowering, like to listen to a woman just say exactly what she wants mm. out of yeah. a lover. Mm. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> God, it's just so good. Mm. And even, and then even, like it's nearly twenty years old, and she was doing, uh, like yeah. doing it back then as well. Like it would even be more unheard of back then. Mm-hmm. Of just yeah, the Unusual, this bold, yeah. forthright woman just doing exactly what she wants and you're either going to come along or you're not, but she doesn't care. Yeah, like and I think for that reason, it was polarizing for a lot of people. They, sure. would, just, they would be like taken aback by a woman being so, being so bold um, to be like that, especially a solo woman mm. um, who works with all of these epic producers and these other artists and stuff, and she can just happily tell you exactly what she wants. And as you were talking about with some of the lyrics earlier, um, it's like, I can't believe life is so complex when I just want to sit here and watch you undress. Yes, <laughs> like, sit here and watch you undress. Yeah, I'm there like, <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Like, that's totally yeah. Boom. Yeah, and I'm, I've been in that situation where I'm like, stop talking, start doing. Yeah. Like, and I, But I've never thought that I could commit that to a song. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some raunchy songs from like the 30s and stuff, but they don't get put on the greatest hits. But sure. she was coming out with this in the 90s and 2000s and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think empowered a huge like movement of women. Mm. My notes here, I've written at the top here, apart from the album, I've got PJ Harvey, super confident. Yeah. And that is her, I think, through this album. It's just so confident in herself and comfortable with her message. Like, yeah. Here I am. And this it's great. Absolutely. What did you think of the song? I really like that one. I like Kamikaze. Kamikaze is one of my favourite on the album yep. too. Just so, like, just that up-tempo and then just the the high falsetto when she does the like almost screaming kamikaze for the vocals yeah I think like that really works Mm. so I love that one as well that makes me want to put on running shoes yeah and go for a really solid run yeah Yeah. it only goes for 2 minutes 24 so you'll have to like a short run that's about as far as I can go dude yeah up the street and down again (laughs) yeah I'll just like make it to the end of the street press the button and go 
go back. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, Kamikaze is really good. How she can, she she has those has that range, mm. and she's not afraid to just belt yeah. it. That's awesome. Um, then you, you move into the final two songs um, are very refrained mm. very mm. quiet like when I first heard the record for the first time I remember because I I didn't have I had the liner notes and stuff but because um, I had it on CD um, and I got to Horses in My Dreams and thought oh this will be the last song because mm. it just sounded like this is going to be the last song because uh, it was very quiet and it was and I also used to listen to a lot of Tori Amos and stuff so sure. I was thinking oh yeah this is the quiet horsey type dreamlike song that we're going to finish with Um and it was beautiful, but then we had another song to go, yeah. and that was "We Float," which became yes. my favourite song on the record for the first for ages. Okay. So it was the way that that song moves between the sultry and the octave harmonies, and how beautiful it was. It became the song that I'd put on repeat to go to bed, you know, to go to sleep to mm. for a long time. This is very like it's almost disarming in how passive it is compared to the rest of the album. Like it just sort of, you weren't necessarily, if you, this was your first ex experience with PJ, you weren't necessarily expecting it. You'd think it would go out on a bang rather than the sort of the softer one. So that's just showing that versatility and dexterity. Mm. Yeah, and I think that one, it ends up, if it had finished on horses, it would have been too quiet. Um, but finishing on We Float, it's got, it's got a bit more, a little bit more punch. So it still says, I'm pulling the record together now. Mm. It's mm. we're coming to an end, and yeah. this is how we're going to end it, and this yeah. is how you're going to feel about it. Which is like for me, it was like a so complimentary to the journey that we've been on. If you think about the comparison of Hawes or Kamikaze versus something like We Float, yeah. they're completely sure. vastly mm. different songs, but they fit so well mm. on one record. Yeah, just they had to be put in the right order. So that's come again comes down to great producers and a, like her being having such an input on the musical styling and like how she wants it to sound mm. means that it was put together in this way that you takes you on a journey and you can go oh well there you go yeah I'm done now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it I'm spent it feels yeah. like yeah sure. it feels like a proper document beginning to end mm. rather yeah. than just a bunch of songs that were put out into a certain or into like a random order like she's very clearly thought the ups and the downs and how it's all going to work. And it, it's not a first rodeo, you know? No, no, like, that's no. right. But, um, like, again, some of her first records weren't as accessible. They were a lot more aggressive or, they were, you know, they, people wouldn't didn't latch onto them as well, mm. um, with except for the cult followers. But then this is the first one that, you, you know, she gets so many of the awards and, like, nominations and stuff, and it's such a beautiful... It's... It's the it's kind of the weirdest love record love song album mm. um, I know because it's got highs and lows and some of it's just so dirty and it's nice yeah it's it's nice for me so how many albums does she have now uh, well hold on this is her fifth and there's that was in ninety yeah, nine or something yeah she's still been going quite I think this is two thousand three two thousand one. There's 2011 Let England Shake, so yes. she's, she's got probably, there's at least eight like studio albums, wow. but on top of that, she's done the Desert Sessions with Josh Holm, yes. she's done stuff with Nick Cave, and yes. she's done stuff with John Parrish albums, um, and then some, I think she's done some like of her poetry work and all sorts, so like when it comes to just mainstream, you know, albums, I think there's those, but she's not 
she's not bored. She's, she's not, still very active. Yeah. She's very active. Yeah. Mm. Cool. She still plays. She still writes, and she's still involved with other people in mm. the industry. And she's she's quoted as being an influence to a huge amount of like upcoming artists. Will go. Oh yeah, PJ Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like someone that you named up. Sure. Like like oh who do you who do you like who do you listen? Yeah. PJ Harvey. Yeah. I found it really interesting. Like. She was inspired by New York and some time in America to, to do this. But then she also said, but this isn't an American album. Mm. But also don't, like I think it finds this gap, This it strides the gap between English and American. It doesn't sound English either. It's not an English rock Correct. album. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not a full out American rock album. I think she does a really awesome way of finding that line down the middle between the two. So still like, these are the things I was influenced by and these are the sounds that I like, but I'm still me and I'm still doing it my way and I'm still using my vocals and my voice as that weapon. So, yeah, I really like that when I listen to it. Yeah, and I think that comes through with the name of the record. So yeah. Stories from the City, Stories from the mm. Sea. It's like, yeah, you can sure. you can get that she's had some reflection time and then she's had some high-octane time. Mm. And I, I'm guessing the American time is, you know, talking about wanting a pistol and a gun and cops and this, that and the other sure. in some of the lyrics. That seems very American, yeah. not very British. Yeah. Um, but then something some of the other ones talking about like so reflective like we float you just think it's like a relationship coming to an end almost mm-hmm. you can imagine that's reflecting in a tiny cottage by the sea yeah but it wouldn't be really easy for someone with her a skill as her to just go to the u.s and then take the sounds and just make a, a record of hers with those sounds but sure. she's sort of gone no no i don't want to do that i want to make my version of an american record which is yeah not just straight up their sounds mm-hmm. so there's lots of blues influence, I think, with mm. the guitar as well, which was really nice. Like, but not overpowering. Like, oh look, I'm playing some blues because yeah. you know she's been playing blues guitar for years. But it was just noticeable when I'm listening because I, when I'm listening to albums for this purpose now, I put on this extra analytical brain sure. of going, okay, now the musicianship, what is yeah. that like? And <laughs> yeah. Like all these extra <laughs> instruments now, what what was their purpose? Um, and I can really hear it and go, yeah, there's, that's it's also purposeful. And where it, where there needs to be sound, there is, and where there needs to be quiet, there isn't. So it it's works. So what was your overall feeling, Grant? Um, look, I thoroughly enjoyed it overall. Um, I don't know if it, is is that the question. No, no, no. We're not at the end. I'm just like, did 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 you have like an overall feeling about the record and stuff? Yeah, because you I, hadn't listened to it before. I, no, I hadn't. Yeah, correct. Look, I, I am. Um, I was. I, I, I through this whole journey has been great, and the, the music that I've been mm. afforded to listen to, thoroughly enjoyed the album. Um, and, uh, yeah. The fact, I suppose, I've made notes and it's reflective of that because I don't make a lot of notes in my life. You are yeah. not a noter. Um, no, <laughs> not really, hey. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, I suppose I certainly want to listen to the rest of, of her um, catalogue. Um, I really, suppose, got taken with the whores and the hustle and then going into, uh, as you referenced earlier, um, the mess we're in and that sort of that three in the middle there or towards the end I'm like geez you said something as well um, there's there's the, the, the instrumentals and the rest of it I, I thought it was a, a great album for mine so I really enjoyed it probably also just to flag for you guys as the non-Australians that if you do big fans of PJ Harvey I'd thoroughly recommend you check out uh, Magic Dirt who okay. are an Australian four-piece, uh, no longer together, unfortunately, but their lead singer, Adelita, who's also done a lot of solo stuff and worked with a lot of people as well. 
I, I would. He's in a very similar vein to PJ Harvey. I okay. won't say that they're influenced by or that they're anything like that, but it's definitely they're in a sort of yeah, out there, strong feminine voice, but not, like yeah, doing things that most people say oh, that's how a guy acts at the front of a band and that's how a guy treats mm-hmm. music. But just yeah, just owning it and really bold choices. Magic, so, Magic Dirt is the name of the band, and then okay. Adelita. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know her surname. Everyone just sure. calls her Adelita. But yeah, Adelita. definitely check her out. And everyone you. else who's listening, check them out because they're, they're great. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I always want to hear more Australian music. So being here, I want to hear more of the influences that have happened. So and this is not the first British artist, as I say, yeah. that I've even brought to this podcast. No. So we are influenced by who we are, who we Or British woman, by. for that matter. British woman, yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, British female singer. I just say it's a theme. <laughs> Don't want to go it there. Is a, it's a bit of a theme. That's fine. But Grant, you need to bring like some more South African sure. stuff. Yeah, That's Noted. a rule. Yeah. yeah. Noted. I'll, I'll add that to my impeccable albums, now, flawless albums. <laughs> um, Liam, did you have other stuff you wanted to talk about with PJ or this app, with this album? Because I have kind of witted on. Yeah, no, that's probably. I think we've covered all the stuff. Um, just a uh, good note here that you mentioned she uh, won the Mercury Music Prize. She was the first female solo artist to win the Mercury Music Prize, which is fantastic. I didn't know that. Oh. That's yeah. why I just okay. knew that she'd won it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, nice first one. And then, yeah, I think, um, I guess not being afraid, like that Nick Cave stuff that we talked about, is like not being afraid to just own those influences and wear them, but also then incorporate them and roll them around into what you're trying to do as well. So I think it's, yeah, I definitely love listening to it all the way through and Sorry. I should have um, yeah it's one of those things where it's like man I wish I'd gotten into her when it, this album came out because this was exactly the sort of stuff I was listening to in 2003 yeah. or whenever it came out 2001 2000, yeah. like I really should have been paying more attention but I was probably also in my I wasn't aware enough to notice that I was mostly only listening to dudes with guitars sure so yeah. if I'd known about Correct. that if I'd noticed that at the time I would have yep. gone no I should be listening to more women with guitars mm. and I think she would have been absolutely front runner on that yeah well she doesn't she doesn't doesn't mess around no. i think that's the point like like i was almost afraid of her when i first started listening you know just because you're it's that kind of oh she's she's so far ahead like she's yeah. so there mm. and will i ever get there myself i don't even know so um we are at the end and i feel like it's important that we ask the flawless question so i obviously brought this album to to the group to the, to the special group that meets um, and I would like to ask uh, Liam this album would you consider it a flawless record I really love listening to it but I'm going to have to go no on this case and there's only one reason there's only one misstep on the entire album and that's those last two songs so for me everything else was perfect all the way through nothing went over four minutes like it was just there were all those rock songs and all the sorts of stuff you got, really got to the point and then I thought there was space for one big, longer, slower song at the end, and she threw in two. So I, I had the same oh, thing that you did, where Horses in My Dreams, I'm listening to going, oh yeah, this could be a cool end of the album song. And then like, and now there's another cool end of the album song. Yep. So it could have been either of those, but I think with both of them, I think you can go out with like a really big bang, or you can go out with that sort of that quiet introspective moment. And she obviously went with the quieter one, Mm -hmm. but just with the two of them in there, I sort of felt it just lost a little bit luster at the end there. So that's literally, like literally everything else was Didn't perfect. Didn't think to mention it earlier. Didn't think to well, mention I, it Well, it, w- it was related to what I thought about whether or not it was flawless, <laughs> so I thought I would save it to when you asked. Sure. That's cool. No, that's fair. That's valid. Well, as I said, like we talked about, like I thought Horses was the last song the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. and then But then I fell in love with both, so I'm, I'm cool. I'm yeah. good. 
It's all right, we're still friends. Um, Grant, this was the first time you heard this album. Yes. Uh, so how did you? How do you feel about it? Tell me whether you think it would be flawless. Um, look, as I, as I mentioned, I certainly thoroughly enjoyed it. A couple of things that, that probably resonate more with me now is um, in, in this process is flow. Um, and I'm not sure I'd say the first three off the cuff um, flow like I'd really like it. I've, I've made some notes here on... Good Fortune, song number two, I think it opens a bit like Nirvana's not even three chords to glory, but two chords to glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't really feel like a really dig big exit, really liked a place to call home, but I thought Good Fortune just didn't really do it for me from, from up front there. Um, really brought it back through one line, beautiful feeling, um, the whores and the hustle, thoroughly enjoyed and of course you know, the Tom York one. Um, <laughs> And in fact, all the way through to again, we've almost it's almost unanimous that the horses in my dream one. I've go, mm, and then thoroughly enjoyed we float. So that for those reasons, for probably for two, just just that that flow and, and particularly the back end. Um, unfortunately, I've got to say this, it's not, but it, it's very close. But you are both going to listen to more PJ Harvey now. Absolutely, yes, I absolutely want to go and listen to Letting Land Shake because yeah. I. Yeah, everyone's oh, yeah. talked up that album as well, so I'm yeah. going to go and check that one out. If I had a proper voice right now, I would totally sing it for you, yeah. but I won't, so there. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for your honesty. It's been noted, <laughs> uh, but yes, um, it was, for me, it's a flawless record, and I'm really glad that I got to share it with you. So that's really cool. And thank you for sharing. Yay. Thank you. So we've come to the end of the flawless uh podcast today so i want to thank everyone for listening it's recorded at the edge studios at the state library of queensland which is a fantastic free space so check them out Um, if you'd like to help us get the word out about flawless you can give us a rating and feedback on most major podcast services which helps other music lovers to find us and we are delightful so we have a facebook page you can be part of the conversation facebook.com slash flawless amp for a music podcast there you can give us a rating like share or every little bit helps. You know, that's a tagline for a supermarket in England. How, how would I possibly know that? Well, there you go. <laughs> but we also me. have a Twitter, which is again, Flawless AMP. So thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Looking to be free, but one